Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And please head over to Facebook. Give the page over there a like as well. If you would, click the links in the description. It's got links to all of our social media accounts, including the Thundercast YouTube channel, where you can find all of our content, yeah, a good bit of it anyway, in video form. Uh, we appreciate everybody sharing the links and continue to help us grow the listener base and the viewer base. It, it It's really cool every week when we see that we are growing and that more and more people are finding us. It, it just helps us um, not only get the word out to reach more people, but it becomes easier to uh, do more things for the herd fans right so Mm -hmm. um we certainly appreciate all the love we've been getting and let's not forget we're still a a good solid quarter or so away from our first anniversary so the growth has just been phenomenal before we let let's touch on that for a second because the calendar flipped to 2023 so essentially we're starting you know this 2023 year off i think personally much farther ahead than we both thought we would be so let's let's talk about that real quick before we get into the episode uh we knew we had a good idea right mm-hmm. and we knew there was somewhat of a void that needed filled did you feel like we would be where we are now this early in the process in some points yes uh you know me i'm a planner uh yeah. <laughs> i I told you a lot about some of these ideas and everything, and they seemed like these far-fetched ideas and daggone it, we got them, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, I did not really think that the viewership maybe would be as high as it was. I thought maybe it'd be smaller. So no, we're, we're ahead in some points of where I thought we would be. And then right on track for the phases that we wanted to roll out and more to come, yeah. you know, uh, for this year, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pleased. I know you're pleased and just hearing the feedback from our fans, uh, it's overwhelming. It's heartwarming. It's, uh, you know, we're just two guys having fun at this. We don't do this for a career. You know, this is, we've both got families. We've both got jobs. We've, we just do this for fun, but it is fun because our listeners are, so kick ass. I mean, it just makes us, I don't know about you. I mean, you're down in Tampa, but you know, when I'm at a game or something or a tailgate and somebody goes by and is like, are you, are you with the Thundercast? And I mean, I'm just blown away by that, you know, that someone recognizes me, but whatever. (laughs) But whatever. Uh, No, I tell you what, this is, this is fun for us. Like you said, we, we are normal humans with, full-time jobs and families and everything, but this is so fun because I think of a lot of the things we're able to do and and Mm -hmm. the things we're able to talk about, which is herd athletics. We just love it. You know, we've been fans forever and there are folks out there just like us that, that uh, know exactly where we're coming from when you're, when your draw to the herd is so strong and we're just fortunate enough to be able to talk about it a whole bunch. And it sure is a lot of fun and we're having fun with a purpose because 
we're able to give right back to the school that we love, the athletic department that we love, and the fans that are, you know, we're one huge family. And, of course, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So let's dive in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just for the the people that maybe don't follow as much on social media and miss that post, I thought maybe I'd read off what you and I put up at the end of the year, uh, right at the end of 2022 on kind of the things that we were able to do last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can uh, give a, do the recap of the uh, things we were able to accomplish. Thanks to, you know, our, our listeners and viewers and, and yeah. our great sponsors, our great sponsors, our listeners, uh, just everything we've been able to do. It's because of them. Um, so we joined the big green. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about people joining the big green, but, we want to set the precedent and say, Hey, we joined you and I are both individual members have been not talking about that. The company that we have joined the big green separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became donors of every martial sports program by joining the big green in our donations and, uh, put in just under $1,600 in donations, uh, donated to the herd rises baseball stadium fundraising campaign, Uh, became season ticket holders to every ticketed martial sport. By doing that, we gave away over 130 tickets to those sporting events, Um, men's and women's, by the way. Uh, We we love all martial athletics. We're not just a football program. Gave away tickets to the uh, Sunbelt Conference Men's Soccer Tournament and the Myrtle Beach Bowl highlighted marshals women's and olympic sports like i just said above uh we were recruiting new big green donors we had several people sign up underneath us and tell the big green that hey we're signing up because of uh, the thundercast uh we had the pleasure of interviewing uh several all-time greats from that 1992 national championship football team uh and posted that up on youtube it's on uh may have to click over to videos and scroll down because it was back uh, early October. It. I've created playlists. So oh, okay. actually we have a playlist of the weekly episodes and then there's something right now currently called special presentations. And I think that's where those are. So you can okay. qu- find those quicker. Uh, we hosted countless fans at the Thundercast tailgate, you know, free food and free mm-hmm. drinks uh, either by our sponsors or we just chipped in and, uh, and fed and uh, gave them beverage on our own dime. Uh, obviously we debuted the Thundercast podcast. That's what we're doing right now. We created Thundercast live tailgate show and debuted that. Uh, we debuted the Thundercast football post-game Twitter spaces, interactive fan show. Every now and then we did a pregame show on spaces mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, that's kind of like a call-in show for lack of a better term, because, you know, it's a lot like radio on, on spaces. And we had a bunch of participation. People, some people listening only, you know, maybe they were at their tailgate, wanted to have it on in the background, but didn't want to talk. Maybe they were driving, didn't want to talk. Uh, but we had a lot of people get on and talk as well. And I thought it went very well. Uh, we debuted the Thundercast video podcast on YouTube, which we just talked about. Gave away hundreds and hundreds of Thundercast stickers and custom can koozies with our logo on it. Uh, we were able to represent the Thundercast at away games for Notre Dame, James Madison, and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And uh, I'll put that one on me, but this one right here is on you because anytime, <laughs> anytime you see something from uh, our our Twitter, 
99% of the time <laughs> it's going to be KD. Um, it says operates one of the most interactive martial athletics related social media accounts on Twitter. And as they say from my hometown in Gilbert, ain't it? Ain't it? <laughs> ain't it? But I would also like to mention that we are pretty active. And if you see the Facebook post, most of the time that's Russ or all the time that's Russ because I don't delve into that realm. You know, I don't do the Facebook thing. So we've kind of divided and conquered so we can cover a lot more folks and, and reach a lot more people. And that's why our giveaways are both across multiple platforms because yeah. we both dive into different realms there. So I think we did a lot, man. I mean, I know we did a lot and it's pretty yeah. cool when you, when you run down that to go, wow, we, we kind of went from an idea to an execution to all of this in what was it? Eight months, eight short months, eight and a half months. It was, it, it was right at nine months. So, uh, you know, we, we missed the first three months basically of the year. Because yeah. four four one was when we recorded our first show, so, so I will promise you, and I know KD, you'll make the same promise. Twenty twenty three will make that list look absurdly lean yes. because we have a lot more planned, uh, and we have already put the wheels in motion for that. And buckle in, is all yeah. I can say. Buckle up, right? And and I mentioned this before. It's like we're going to be reaching out to you as listeners and viewers and fans to, you know, for us all to collectively step our game up a little bit, right? Because there's always a little bit more that we can do, and we're not talking about overstretching ourselves and and putting ourselves in a position where we're going to get burned out and all that kind of stuff. But when we have an opportunity to do some good collectively, we should do that. And um, 2023 is going to be a better year, a bigger year. All of those numbers, those donation numbers, things like that that you talked, I fully expect those to increase, you know, kind of across the board. And some of these new opportunities that that we're trying to create will lend itself to that. And and we're just trying, we're just trying to grow just like everybody else. We're just trying to grow and progress and and do do what we're doing better and maybe uh find some new ways to interact and, and bring some um bring some content to uh, the herd fans. That's kind of what it's all about. But look, that was an excellent little intro, longest mm -hmm. intro we've ever had, but I think Thank it was you. merited. We, we, we needed to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't do it all the time, but it's really nice to take a breath, take stock and go, wow, that, that was really cool. We had a really good 2022. I'm looking better for 2023. So let's get into this episode where we have, Again, a myriad list, a long, not a long list, but a big list of uh, things that we're going to talk about. And some of them are so big that they will encompass the episode. That is our feature this week. So uh, the five things that every Herd fan needs to know is not only expanded, but Ignite Link is bringing you the featured ep part of the episode with these five things. So let's get into that. But first, get a quick word from our show sponsors at 304carrec.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Jason and Matt are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who practice throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. They can't protect you from bad drivers, but they will make sure you're treated fairly by the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Let's start this bad boy off. There was a lot of news that's happened on several fronts. Some things are really big and some things... Folks have just been kind of anxious to learn about. So where are we going to kick it off? Well, here's five things plus a bonus that every 
Herd fan needs to know this week brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, hot off the presses from this morning. It's official. Thanks to the Board of Governors, Marshall has hired its new baseball coach, Greg Beals. Thoughts? Uh, I, well, I mean, obviously, it's nice to know who the head guy is moving forward. So now we can start to look at what the staff is going to look like, uh, the moves we're going to make on the recruiting front, the transfer front, like who's going to remain. There's just so much going to be going on and a lot of moving parts with the program, but it couldn't start going until we knew who was going to be the head coach. And now we know that. Um, I've got a I've got a bunch of stats here that, you know, I'm sure you have a bunch of those two that we can talk about, but um, you are more of a, um, I don't want to say analytical type guy with baseball stats, but I think you dive into different areas than I do. I like to look at just things more from a surface perspective, whereas you are more scientific with it at some at, at certain points, especially when we talk about the game of baseball. So let me flip that right back around to you. And where are you at with this hire of Greg Beals as the new head coach? Well, highly interesting, as uh, our listeners may not know, you and I don't discuss these things before the show, and I give you this list right beforehand. Yep. So it may seem like you set me up with a uh, nope. fastball that I could knock out of the park, but I don't have any analytical oh, stats on this. Wow. I, t- I took the opposite road and was going to do the surface area. Of... <laughs> You're putting yourself <laughs> in my shoes today? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, I didn't want to get in because if we were talking about a player, I'd be talking about his on-base percentage yes. and, you know, all this different stuff. And you know me, I'm a I'm a stat head and, and all that. But uh, I will say that he had 12 years as the Ohio State coach uh, up until uh, last year, 2022. And during those 12 years in the Big Ten, he had two fairly recent, uh, right before COVID, Big Ten championship mm-hmm. uh, to his uh, name. Uh, obviously, from that program, uh, it's a we're not talking football here, but Ohio State has unlimited resources because of their football team and and everything that they can throw some money towards these other sports and everything. So they were a big program, you know. Big Ten baseball wants to compete, and um, he did very well there. Uh, the last three years with you talk about COVID and then 21 and 22, everything kind of fell back down to average or right below average. And he had one year left on his contract. And they, the, the guy said, athletic director, Hey, we, we want to go ahead and make a change. Mm-hmm. So until that time you're looking at, had he won in 2022 last year and had a winning record, Maybe he's still the Ohio State head coach. And you're looking at going into his 13th year. Joe Carbone, who is our special assistant uh, in charge of heading up this hiring committee, is an Ohio guy, for lack of a better term. I'm sure he's extremely familiar with this guy. And he brought him in. And that, to me, speaks volumes. Somebody that's been around as long as Joe Carbone has and knows that area as much as he has, he circled him as the guy that speaks volumes to me. 
So here's what I look at when I think Ohio State immediately, aside from the prestige of programs and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking geographically, right? I'm like, okay, so this guy, Coach Beals, has relationships with every uh, baseball coach, high school coach, you know, uh, travel team coach, like whatever, whatever avenue you're going after. And even some of these college coaches and players, when you talk about the transfer portal, this region that you now are able to recruit, which is basically a stone's throw, a lot of it from Huntington, you know, Ohio and Kentucky Mm -hmm. and uh, West Virginia, Virginia, those types of places. You could draw a big circle around, just like Huff said, we want to draw a 300 mile radius around Huntington and recruit the hell out of it. I kind of get that feeling about the baseball program because you've been in Columbus for 12 years. We're pretty successful there. And you're not going to be the head coach at Ohio State and not know everybody, right? It mm-hmm. just stands to reason. So from that standpoint alone, I'm pretty excited about the uh, the potential trajectory of this hire and and of the program uh, for Marshall just kind of rising with the ability to recruit alone. Uh, you mentioned 12 seasons at Ohio State. We, of course, did not hire him from fresh off of Ohio State. He was Correct. hired from Akron where he was hired this past July. So he spent just six months or so uh, in as head uh, baseball coach at Akron before the herd hired him away. And I don't know anything about Akron baseball. I don't, but. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Akron baseball. He was replacing a guy that you may uh, know by the nickname of Spuds, Chris Sabo from mm-hmm. the Reds. Uh, they got rid of their baseball program. And I, I think it was back in 2015 that they got rid of it. They decided to bring it back in 2018, but it was not funded by the athletic department. It had to rely on private donations to be able to do so. That's got to be extremely hard for a program. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Going from Ohio State to that, I mean, he, you know, he took the challenge on and everything, but this has to be a much better situation that he probably just could not pass up. I mean, We've got uh, a, a stadium, no matter who wants to say, I'll see it when I believe it, we'll drive over there because they're putting it in right now. Yeah. Um, the stadium's coming. It'll be brand new. Uh, Akron, I I just hate to say it, um, it, it's several steps down because of their funding situation. They may come in and become a great program in the future. And I, I root for all baseball teams, all of them. Uh, but right now it's just not comparable to the opportunity that you have here at Marshall. Yeah. I mean, okay. Take that scenario at Akron. And then you say, well, just a little while down the road, I can be in Huntington with a new ballpark getting built. They just joined one of the better, uh, baseball conferences in the country. So competitively, uh, uh, prestige wise, you know, the, the, the quality of conference is, superior to the Mac. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just, it's kind of a no brainer scenario, right? You're like, well, I I don't have to rely on complete private funding or donations to fund my program. This is part of the budget at Marshall. And they're putting a significant or a, um, uh, investment in that program. So it's not Mm -hmm. just like it's a ho-hum thing anymore. There's a lot of excitement in Huntington about baseball and it's a good time to, you know, have that job be offered to you, I would think. Sure. Uh, but 12 seasons at Ohio State, three times 
took the Buckeyes to the NCAA tournament 2016, 2018, and 2019. This is a little bit of a run you were talking about pre-COVID. Two-time Big Ten champions 2016, 2019. 346 all-time wins at Ohio State against 288 losses and one tie. 48 all-Big Ten players. 32 of those uh, of his players signed professional contracts. 21 times academic all-Big Ten players. And seven, seven All-Americans. Uh, I mentioned before with the regional recruiting and now the transfer portal, folks, it's not just with men's basketball and football, right? It's all sports. We saw that to a certain degree last year with our softball program, and now this is something maybe we can take advantage of uh, with our baseball program. Uh, the transfer rules are basically the same. I mean, you go, you don't sit, it's it's the same deal. You can't just, you know, say, oh, it's football only, oh, it's basketball only. No, 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 it's, it's the NCAA rule. So there's an opportunity there to provide an instant impact, just like we talk about with football, just like we talk about with basketball. You're going to have traditional recruiting. You're going to have a little bit of everything. Um, but I still feel like there will probably be some folks that are like, well, for baseball, for whatever reason, there's a lot of I want to wait and see. Stadium, whatever. And I feel like there will be some fans that go, well, you know, you're replacing WAGs. I'm going to have to wait and see. I'm going to have to wait and see where we are. And and, not- and you and I are on the same page. We can't 100% blame them because of how many times, you know, over the decades that they've oh, heard yeah. a stadium's coming. So, I mean, it's kind of built in for, for everybody to, to have that. I'll see it when I believe it. Uh, you and I are a lot more optimistic, especially right now with this administration and, uh, you know, not just in the athletic department with Brad Smith. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that, we are on a very good trajectory. It all kind of happened at the same time, move to the Sun Belt, get new staff in. And this is kind of the same way. It's a fresh start now with a new coach in baseball. And um, even though he's only going to have six weeks before the season starts, we've had Carbone here and he's been kind of the default head coach while he's been doing this other stuff, just at least from a mentor aspect. And the other coaches on the staff were still here, as far as I know. I don't know of anybody that's left. Yeah, now, and there may be some staff turnover because a new guy always wants to bring in some of his own guys, and and there's yep. nothing wrong with that. And and I'm sure as soon as the conversations began with, you know, I might be the head coach at Marshall, well, he's going to call his guys and say, hey, I might be at Marshall. Would you be interested in being on staff, blah, blah, blah. You know, the yeah. guys are ahead of this stuff. So, And there's always players out there, if we need instant impact at certain play, at positions, that there are players in the portal that will that are available. It's just a matter of finding them and getting them to commit. Or maybe he feels really good about where we are right now. You yeah. know, so we'll see. But uh, overall, I really like the hire. Uh, I don't I don't really know what I was expecting because I can't um, accurately say, you know, if you if you hire a football coach, I'm like in my mind, I think, okay, that's a good hire or I don't know about that. Well, I can't do that with baseball because I just don't know the movers and shakers in the collegiate baseball world yet. So I trust the people that are making those decisions and I'm just going to support that. Another thing that you mentioned about the transfer portal, uh, you know, this is not a coach that has come out of retirement that hasn't been around in five years. So there are players at other teams that he is very familiar with because he recruited them. Mm -hmm. And maybe they went somewhere, decided to go with someone else uh, for, you know, well, I don't want to go to Ohio State because I'll probably ride the bench for two or three years. And now 
maybe they are looking at, hey, I'd like to go to Marshall and be with a coach that I felt very comfortable with during my recruiting. It's endless possibilities of what's out there right now. Yep, it sure is. The last thing I want to say about this uh, specific thing is um, named interim head coach at Akron is mm-hmm. longtime herd assistant Tim Donnelly. So that was mm-hmm. a it was a wild full circle type thing. Like a guy leaves, goes to Marshall, Marshall, a former Marshall guy goes, becomes the interim head coach there at Akron. And, and a little bit more full circle, we play them at Akron in May. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, could get pretty interesting in that regards of, you know, the Marshall and Akron connection here with Donnelly and him yeah. and, you know, switching before the season and all that jazz. So, yeah. So congratulations to Donnelly. I will say that the chicken runs at midnight and if you know, you know, if you got nothing else, let's go to thing two. Very good news here too. Uh, the ice man cometh. Yeah. Micah Abraham <laughs> is coming back. Yeah. Uh, we had speculated that he was going to make a run at the NFL because we just mm-hmm. hadn't heard anything else to the contrary. And I'm glad I heard this to the contrary. Uh, Micah Abraham coming back is huge for this mm-hmm. Marshall defense. We were speculating that we would be looking at replacing both Stephen Gilmore and Micah Abraham. We know Gilmore exhausted eligibility and there is no decision to be made for him. He walked on senior day last season and came back to play. And now so far we've seen that happen twice with two of our guys, Eli Neal walked and now he's back and Micah Abraham walked and now he's back. Um, huge, huge, huge news for herd football. Man, I I don't know, man. There's 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 got to be something going. I wonder, you know, I don't know what they're doing to tell to uh, recruit these guys back for one more year, but it's working. I mean, maybe they're looking at that schedule, thinking, guys, look, we've got a real opportunity here. If we can make some noise in 2023, we can we can make that NY six bowl. Uh, we're not putting the cart before the horse, but if you just look down the schedule, that out of conference schedule is not weak. It is not weak at all. So if you can go in there and make some noise and uh, do some special stuff and then make some noise in the Sunbelt Conference, you could be right there in that conversation. But Micah Abraham returning is massive, massive for the herd. Uh, two huge pieces that could come back, have come back. Hopefully there's more to come. I don't want to take away from the news of Micah Abraham, but man, if 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 a few more guys that can come back decide to come back, the offensive coordinators are not going to be happy to have to face the herd in 2023. And that's with all the losses that we already know from that defense that have exhausted their eligibility that we already covered last week. And just to have Eli and Micah back is, I mean, that's, we got something special that could be brewing. We we've got some talent there. That's uh already been here uh you know we talked about last week jacoby henderson coming in and mm-hmm. you know he hasn't even really gotten to make uh make his impact yet because of who was in front of him well mm-hmm. now he's got that we've got the transfer portal to bring some other people in some of the offers that we've seen out there some that came in this morning even um looking really good man yeah, there's a lot of promise there in that secondary still. Replacing Gilmore is not going to be easy. Repre- replacing mm-hmm. Isaiah Norman is not going to be easy. Uh, we're still wondering what 
Andre Sam will do if he chooses to come back. I'm still, I should have checked that before we recorded. I am almost 100% positive someone said that he could come back if he wanted to. It would be like a seventh year or something like that. But uh, I, I think it would, I, 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 don't quote me, don't hold me to that. It may not be a possibility, but in the back of my mind, I'm feeling like it. if he wanted to come back, he could. Then you talk about the rise of Daytuan Smith this year, mm-hmm. uh, fighting back from injury and then still having a pretty good year. Uh, Jacoby Henderson. The secondary is not as bad as I think we might think it is when you start diving a little bit deeper into it. But I mean, having Micah Abraham as DB1 certainly, certainly is the way to a successful defensive season when coupled with Eli Neal and everybody else. And I know you like the the nickname Iceman, Love but it. I just I floated it out there to him if he if he wants to take on a second one, <laughs> pick, pick six is right there. You know he gets interceptions. He's number six. Come on, guys. The headlines write themselves, Russ. They they, they, they really do. Let's talk about number three. Another good news for our programs here. Milo Yosef, all timer on the pitch, uh, signed with uh, FC Tulsa yesterday or the day before. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if we were going to see something. I just was sitting here thinking, like, how does a player this great, this accomplished, like, not get an opportunity? And, you know, I, I, again, I would be lying to you if I said, oh, man, I know when all the draft dates are, the signing deadlines are, and all. I don't. But I was just thinking, all right, we're see, we saw the MLS draft. Surely these other leagues are right around that same type of time frame, and they were obviously. So it makes sense that you do the MLS deal and then you have the, the, the uh, other leagues um, being able to make their moves based off of how that league goes. Right. So here's the cool part about FC Tulsa to me. Didn't know this, but I learned it yesterday. They play in the same league as the Tampa Bay Rowdies or the Tampa Rowdies. That's our local soccer club. And I've never been to a game. I've heard people for years, ever since I've been down here, talking about how like electric it is to go uh, and watch a Rowdies game. So I went immediately to the Rowdies uh, website and was trying to see if the schedule was out. And it was not out. But I did, in fact, confirm that they did play FC Tulsa in 2022. So I'm going to try my damnedest. If we're still here in Tampa, and uh, when that match rolls around, I want to be able to go to that for my first Rowdies game and experience that, but it'll be a little, it'll be a little like weird because their colors are green and gold. The Rowdies are. So I, I mean, wearing Kelly green's not really going to help anything. I can't really stick out for, you know, Milo to see, but um, I'd like to see him play in Tampa. I think that would be pretty cool. Get you one of those big fat heads or one of those big things. Of just, <laughs> Cut out. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just of his head and everything. <laughs> I bet that will stick out to him. I probably would. Yeah. But anyway, when that schedule drops, I'm going to check that out. And, you know, there are some uh, we got some buddies that live down here locally, of course, mm-hmm. handful of guys. And and if it works out, maybe I'll try to do a hey, man, we should all go to this game, you know, because it just seems like a cool thing to check out. But uh, congratulations yeah. to him. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity. I think FC Tulsa, of course, signed a superstar player and, and one of the greatest ever to ever play for Marshall. We, 30 years from now, we could be talking about this as uh, talking about the greats to play at for Marshall soccer, and we're still going to be talking about Milo Yosef, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. 
all time, all time great. And we've got some news. It'll be next week. We're going to talk a little bit more about this soccer team and its roster and things like that. But uh, good news all around on that front, too. Yep. Uh, Number four. This one is something that I'm really looking forward to. Junior Thundering Herd Cheerleading Clinic. And that's (laughs) January the 14th. And my oldest has gone through that before uh, when she was much, much younger. And I'm going to put both of the girls in that. And uh, it's ages 5 to 12. It's on January the 14th. Uh, it's 4 to 6 p.m. Cost is $50 per person. They get a dinner of pizza and some other snacks and assorted stuff. Uh, they get they go get taught a routine. They get taught various things about cheerleading. The, the Marshall cheerleaders are right there, hands-on with them. Uh, parents can sit there and, and watch everything that's in the new Gullickson gym. When we were there before years ago, obviously it looked like it did back in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, when you first went to school, but, uh, <laughs> <What the hell? laughs> well, you were there 20 years, but, uh, um, anyway, um, it's in that revamp Gullickson. So that's going to be real nice if folks haven't been over there to be able to go to that. And then afterwards, if you're available, everyone that is a participant there in this uh, uh, clinic gets to uh, go to the game for free at 7 p.m. So they just walk you right through the building and over into there and you're with the cheerleaders and you get to go to there. And at halftime, you perform a routine for the entire crowd. Whoa. So, yeah, it it is a very good thing. If you've got girls, nieces, whatever, ages five to 12 grandkids, five to 12 sign them up for this. It's great. It helps the cheerleading uh, staff and, and program with their uh, fundraising. Um, It's a great experience for the kids. And I'm a girl dad, as you know, I mean, it's, it's great for the parents as well. Yeah. Uh, Of course we'll have the link in the show description so it'll be really easy to find all you'll have to do is click it and sign up but you know it's we're recording right now and it's the fifth so you're going to be kind of running tight on time to they didn't say that there's like the a tenth. registration limit or no the like a, a participant no. limit not to my knowledge you just have to have it in by the 10th okay so you're going to have roughly i mean five days from the time we record i'm hoping to have this edited and posted by tomorrow so you kind of be a little tight window but if you can if you can do that, do it, right? It, it, Russ has already talked about how fun it was last year. He's putting both of his girls in it this year. And uh, I'm, I imagine that's that's 100 bucks worth of fun for you, not to mention them. So we definitely want to support the uh, Herd Cheerleading Program by trying to get as many extra participants at this camp as we can. So look for the link in the show description and uh, get in there and help them out. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, and trust me. It is well worth your money just to watch it yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, not counting. It's infinite experience for them. They are going to love it. All the kids there were having a blast. They meet new friends, uh, some friends that they've seen before at other sporting events or, you know, maybe go to school with them, that sort of thing. But it, it's just a blast to watch your kids interact with the cheerleaders. And these cheerleaders could not be more friendly uh, and helpful with the kids. Uh, it's just something that you really want to do if you've got girls. All right. Number five, 
this kind of got out because Troy uh, let it out a little bit early, but it was officially confirmed this morning. The Sunbelt 2023 football schedule is out. Sans dates and times. Those will get sorted out later. Uh, the dates will be out by March the 1st when they announce that. But right now, everyone knows who they're playing home and away. Yeah, the crossover, the West Division crossover or East-West crossover division games were announced. And this is one of those nuances that um, we had to learn about. I had to learn. I mean, obviously, you're going to have West crossover games, but, you know, I'm used to how Conference USA used to do it, where you scheduled and played the same teams for two years in a row and you had a home and home series and then it swapped. Well, apparently here in the Sun Belt, it's every year they change. So the uh, the positive part of that is that you run through the entire conference in three to four seasons, right? So uh, you're not waiting. I mean, famously, how many times did we play UTEP, you know, right. in however many years we were in this Conference USA? It was like hardly ever. Yeah. And um, so this year, yes, we found out who's going to be coming to the Joan, which is Arkansas State, and then who we're going to go on the road to face, which is South Alabama. And that is not ideal because they are a really good team. And, um, you know, they were neck and neck with Troy to go represent the Sunbelt West or a 10 win ball club. I mean, they're a good team and I expect them to continue to be a good team. So from a, uh, from a toughness, from a, from a quality standpoint, that's a tough team to get on the road. Uh, Arkansas state for, you know, what they've been doing. It seems like they've been trying to figure it out. They hired Butch Jones a couple of years ago, and he's been recruiting well, but they haven't been able to put it together. They were a three-win ball club last year. And, you know, who knows what they'll look like going into the season 2023, just like who knows what Marshall's going to look like going into the 2023 season. But um, you should we should expect now that, that you know, you just flip-flop the East Division games. Who we had at home will be away, and who we had away will be at home. We don't know what week of the season that will be. And, of mm -hmm. course, our non-conference schedule, our out-of-conference schedule has been set for a while, and that will consist of Central Connecticut State, East Carolina on the road, Virginia Tech at home, and NC State on the road, coupled with all of those Sunbelt games we just talked about. It's a tough slate. That's why I mentioned earlier when you talk about Mike Abraham coming back, Eli Neal coming back, and you go, hey, look at the schedule we got. You know, we make some noise in this, and, and it's going to be hard for um, the pollsters to turn away the herd. If you are a, you know, 10, 11, dare I say 12 year or 12 win team, um, thoughts on this crossover? Well, and, and the whole schedule, I guess. Well, here's what I like about it. Um, one, I don't know. Uh, let's talk briefly. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but until the four teams joined for the 22 season, they did not have enough to split the divisions east and west. Correct. So this last year, 2022, was the first year that they had the crossover because they only had 10 teams. Did they have an East and West? I'm sure at some point. Yeah, they had to have because I don't know when, you know, like because think of all the teams. I don't no, know. You're I mean, right. You you can't have lower than 10, I think, is what it was. I thought you had to have 12, but I think it's 10 that you had to have to be able to split to have two different divisions. Yeah, because uh, the Big 12 famously played a nine-game conference schedule 
and only but three. They did the round robin. Yes, because they didn't have divisions. They didn't have yeah. either enough so it's teams. 10. Or... So they they did have an east and west, and that's that's what I was. They were able to slide. I think it was Troy over from the east into the yeah. west. So, um, so forget I said that. That's the only mistake I'll ever make on this show. <laughs> um, what I like about it is we're playing in Mobile, which is a better destination and easier travel, even if it's uh further than troy it's uh maybe better travel because of the airport situation that sort of thing um by all accounts i've not been down there to either of those uh places but mobile is the better place of the two for like places to stay things to do that sort of thing so i like that if i'm trying to go to an away game if i'm a herd fan I like uh, South Alabama being tough. Uh, Troy would have been the same way for me because I feel like we are going to want that strength of schedule. And had we gotten two, I don't want to say cupcakes, but two teams lower than Troy and South Alabama, uh, Louisiana, all those people on the West that had a very good uh, program last year, that maybe that would have hurt our schedule. But having them on there with this rock solid out of conference schedule that we have Mm -hmm. that puts us in a very good position if we can win the majority of those games or like you said dare i say all of those games yeah we already have a very good uh on paper east division that should be back next year so i love it man uh we wanted to come not to have a downgrade in opponents. We wanted to come to the Sun Belt for the regional aspect, the fan bases, the travelability, but the uh, the games, man. You know, we wanted that good competition, and we've got it. So yeah. bring bring on South Alabama, bring on JMU, bring on <laughs> ODU, bring on all of them. I want to play them because we want to play the best. And I, from talking to the other fans, like you and I do, yeah. they want to do the same thing. They yeah. don't want to play you when you're down. They want to play you when they want to play you and beat you when you're at your best. If Marshall's coming in very strong next year, all of our rivals, uh, friendly, not so friendly, whatever, they want to beat us, but they want to beat us because we're good too, because that right. makes their program look better. And that's the same way we are. Yeah, a couple of notes I want to say about these crossover games. I don't know if anybody in the East Division got a tougher crossover uh, set of games than James Madison. They got Troy and South Alabama, two 10-win ball clubs, 10-win ball clubs fighting for the West Division. Troy, of course, is conference champion. And in the West Division, South Alabama got the tough draw because they got the Herd and James Madison, two teams that are undoubtedly going to be vying for an East division championship. Uh, you're right. This is, this is uh, exactly where you want to be. And when you talk about how strong the East is going to be, Hey, Grayson McCall's coming back to coastal. His number one receiver also decided to come back. So coastal's not necessarily going away just because they lost their head coach. We'll see, you know, it's, it's always going to be an influx situation, but having a uh, quarterback with the, you know, star power, quote unquote, that Grayson McCall has. It's merited. He's won a lot of games. He's been a postseason award winner. You know, uh, it makes Coastal a better team, right, than him not being there. Appalachian State, we we fully expect to bounce back. James Madison is who we know James Madison is. They're just good. 
And Old Dominion continues to, you know, take those incremental steps to be better. Uh, the Georgia teams are uh, somewhat of the question marks to me right now because uh, what will Georgia Southern do at quarterback? What will their offense look like? What will they? Uh, what will their defense be able to um, look like? <clears throat> In a, from a recruiting standpoint, a reloading standpoint through the portal. And we just saw uh, maybe yesterday that Georgia State wide receiver Jamari Thrash entered the portal. So that's mm -hmm. a huge weapon gone mm -hmm. from the guys down in Atlanta. So uh, the Georgia schools to me are the most question mark-ish. And I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I'm just saying we need to see what moves they're going to make. You know, we know kind of what we expect other teams to look like. South Al, I expect to continue to be strong. Um, so you look up and down that schedule for the herd and you go, okay, well, we know Virginia Tech is going to be a tough game. We know East Carolina is going to be a tough game. They were really good in the Very American good. this year. Very good. Uh, NC State's always tough here in recent history. So really the only one you can look at, and I feel confident looking at going, that's a win, is Central Connecticut State. Everything else is going to be a fairly tough game, the majority of those. I'm going to write that down that you guaranteed a victory. Guarantee it. Guaranteed. Guarantee it. I'll guarantee it. Score? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at this point. <laughs> no, so uh, getting South Alabama as well, let's say that we beat them and that it just shakes out that Troy wins the West again mm -hmm. and that they beat some very good teams to get there. Let's say Southern Miss, Louisiana, uh, you know, plenty of good teams on the West too. We always talked about how good the East was. The West was very good last year. They won the division in the championship game. Uh, so let's say Marshall plays to their capabilities and they end up winning the East in mm -hmm. doing so they have beaten South Alabama who barely finishes behind Troy. Like last year, Troy goes on, we play them, we beat them in the Sunbelt championship game. If we have beaten two of the three or definitely all three of the three of NC state, ECU and Virginia tech, I don't see unless Tulane goes undefeated or something of one of those teams that had a very good last year that, you know, will start out the season ranked higher than us, uh, that they go undefeated or one loss. It will be extremely difficult for us to be left out of a New Year's Six Bowl mm -hmm. next year. Yep. If we win the Sunbelt Conference and beat Troy, beat South Alabama, I'm, this is a lot of ifs, ifs. Of course. No, no of course. one's predicting anything. I'm just talking about the strength of schedule will allow it. Yes. Right? So none of our other podcasting friends, don't don't cut that clip and say, Russ is saying, you know, we're going to beat Troy. We're going to do that. This is all a what-if scenario based on our strength of schedule. Yeah. Had we come out with a worse crossover and there was a big drop-off on the East Division, didn't matter what our out-of-conference would look like it would be a tougher way for us to elevate ourselves up but our conference slate looks like it's put us in a good position now it's all up to us to get it done yeah i would take that a step further and say you can't be just a 10 win team you know despite what the schedule looks like you're going to have to be a minimum probably an 11 win team to have um, the ability to go to that New Year's New Year's Six Bowl because let's not forget the American will be a new look American as well, right? right. So teams like uh, UTSA will float over there, and that's a quality program, you know. Very so good. you know, yeah. to UTSA and uh, you know East Carolina, Tulane, those teams that performed well already, 
uh, they're going to hopefully devour each other a little bit mm-hmm. and open yeah. a little bit of margin of error for teams like the herd who hopefully do really, really well, or any Sunbelt team that just runs rough shot and uh, is a 10 win ball club, 11 win ball club, dare I say 12 win ball club, somebody doesn't have to be Marshall uh, to, you know, slide in there and take that spot. But, Sure would like for it to be us, man. And this schedule setting up in a way a few more pieces say, hey, yeah, I'm coming back. And and uh, we hit the portal in the right areas and 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 we develop some of our players that are currently on the roster. And phew, you, I, just, I mean, it's a good time to be excited, you know, because we're trending upward, upward. You know, it's plus two wins from the season before and plus two wins from this season is an 11 win team. Right. If you just want to take that into account. I don't know what that means. The fun fact that I tweeted the other day was, you know, Tulane beat uh, USC and first time since 1998, they'd won 12 games. Well, we all know what the herd did in 1999, the year after Tulane won 12 games, they went undefeated and uh, finished in the uh, top 10 in the country. By no means am I saying that, but Hey, if Tulane can win 12, then we can do something remarkable as well. You know, uh, but I got, no- I got maced in the Mac championship game. So. <laughs> Let's let's hope it doesn't repeat itself all the way. (laughs) Well, I would like to party like it's 1999 from a football standpoint (laughs) next year if I could. Uh, Got got anything? What else we got? I got one more, and it's a a bonus from our usual five things. Like I said, this this week we've got a five plus one, Uh, but this is not a thing that um, all these others have been kind of uplifting and everything. This is something that we want to address, and you'll see why. But uh, tragedy has struck. Uh, our herd family. And on the day of the bowl game, December the 19th, uh, volleyball coach Ari Agonis and her family were traveling. And uh, over in Indianapolis, they ran a car wreck. And unfortunately, her mother, uh, Kathy Bunyer, uh, passed away in the in the wreck. Uh, she interacted with us and yep. countless people um, uh, in the herd family. She was herd family. Obviously, the uh, coach and her husband, Jake, are herd family. Um, That's the tragedy part of it. Our hearts go out to the entire family with uh, just what a tragic situation it was. Uh, It's going to take a long time, you know, to get over that. I mean, you know, she was basically she moved up here to help watch the the grandbaby, you know, uh, and it's tough, you know, um, getting kind of choked up talking about it. And I'd like to move on to the positive part of it. Herd family is, um, coming together like herd family always does. And they have done a, an online link mill train. Uh, and we will have that link. Uh, we will put it on Twitter. Um, but we will also have a link in the description here, but, um, I signed up individually to provide a meal one day and you can do so if you want to, if you don't want to cook, uh, you can provide a, uh, a Venmo to them so they can grab a meal. You can go get a meal, have it delivered to them. You can get from one of their favorite restaurants. They have it all listed. But the reason that I bring up, I'm not trying to pat my back on, on signing up for a meal. It's because when I signed up, there were not many days left to sign up because that many people had done so. So the real opportunity here, if you want to help, uh, there is a, it's either a separate GoFundMe or it's a, a fund there on the link page. Uh, please, if you can, even if it's only $5, uh, 
reach out with some support to them as they try to navigate this extremely difficult situation that they've, they've been in. Um, it, it was, uh, coach Ari, her husband, Jake, the baby, her mom who had passed away and her mom's husband, uh, that were all in the car and they all had to go to the hospital. And, uh, it's right before Christmas. Uh, they've lost a loved one, uh, cherished member of the herd family, uh, help out if you can. Yeah, it's it's what I alluded to earlier. There are opportunities where we as the herd family are going to have the opportunity to do some good. And this is one of those opportunities to do some good uh, by clicking a link and helping where you can. You know, we send some love and support to a herd family in need. And um, <clears throat> Jake and Ari do so much for the herd. Uh, from yes. from multiple standpoints of course um but it's 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 not about what they do for us it's what we can do for them right now mm-hmm. and it, it's it's quite telling in and of itself that when you go when you went to sign up for a meal uh to to provide a meal that the the page was almost full right so uh People are are coming together in a big way right out of the gate, but we don't want to let that die down. We need to let that. We need to continually bring that to the forefront and remember that um, we need to help. If we can help, we need to help. Uh, and, yeah. and I'll be clicking the link personally. I know you you've done it. So you know we we don't just get on here and say you guys need to do this. We do it too, because family is family. And, uh, it's, it should always be family first. If it's, um, you know, my personal family that kind of trumps everything, but the herd family is high on my list too. And if I have an opportunity to help, I'm going to take that opportunity. Um, we're just lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to help out both by clicking that link and by being able to produce this show and talk about it and get it out there to other folks so that they can have an opportunity if they haven't heard about it to help out. They have an opportunity to share that link with other people. They have an opportunity to, um, you know, entice other folks to help out. You know, we're, we're not telling you to break the bank, Yeah, but we've all got a little bit, you know, lying around, um, to, to help out and, um, you know, $5 here, $10 there, it, it adds up and it helps. So please go down to the description of this episode, find that link, click it and help out any way you can. Also copy that link and share it with your circle of friends, your family, your church group, whatever you're a part of, let folks know what's going on and how they can help. Uh, it's just extremely important. We've, we've all been in a place where we just didn't know which direction to turn at that time. And uh, you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And what we're trying to do as um, members of this family is lighten that load, right? Yeah. Give them give them time to focus on what they need to focus on uh, to navigate this situation. It's not easy. And I feel for them. My heart goes mm-hmm. out to them. Really does. And um, let's just take this opportunity as a collective fan base, a collective family and help just that simple, just help. Um, 
And if they extend the dates on the mill train, I'd like to just explain to anybody that's not familiar with mill train. I've been a part of that for a, a long time uh, with other, other things, but if there is a situation where someone wants to send meals to an individual or a family or provide meals, like you um, cook it and take it to them and spend time with them or whatever, it's a lot better than everyone not being coordinated and showing up at the same time, overwhelming the person. They have too much food, uh, not enough storage for it. This way everyone can coordinate and see what dates are open. Uh, what else people have brought so they're not getting Rocco's lasagna five days in a row, you mm -hmm. know, that sort of thing. Uh, so you can go on there and sign up for an individual meal. Like I said, you don't even have to be in the state. You can, it has the address listed. It has the time listed. You just click on it and you say, I want to send that there. You can use DoorDash. You can uh, use a local uh, company that has delivery Heck, if you're out of state, I don't live too far from them. And you say, hey, Russ, I'd like to sign up for this day. I'd like to send them something. Here's this. Could you make it happen? I'll take it to them. You know, um, there's I don't know that there's going to be any more dates available. Like I, when I was looking at it, I don't know that there's maybe one or two left in January, you know, at, at all. Um, maybe it goes on through February. I don't know. But please look at this, see how you can help someone that's hurting and uh, just show them what herd family really means to all of us. Yep. That's, that's the, that's what it's all about, right? We can't just say it. We got to be about it. And a lot of, and most of the time we are about it. And this is just the next opportunity to rally around and, and show Jake and show Ari that we love them and we do and yeah. we, and we want them to not worry about things they shouldn't have to worry about right now they've got bigger bigger things they need to deal with and and anything that we can do to help we should you know i'm in a position to help i'm going to help if you're in a position to help you should help however whatever that means to you you know just make it happen russ um let's take it around the herd yeah um sorry that was a little um little bit of a downer there to try to get through um women's basketball back on december the 31st they uh came from behind in a uh, game that they were at one point midway through the third quarter down by 10 came from behind beat app state to win 59 to 52 we'll go back and revisit that in just a second with some uh, thoughts and stats and such uh tonight which uh this episode will probably have already aired by the time that you uh I mean, by the time this game has started, they're hosting a very good JMU team, 12 and 2, uh, going into tonight at 6 p.m. at the uh, CAM. They'll be at home again on Saturday at 1 p.m. against Georgia Southern, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show. And then next Thursday, they travel to Coastal, and that game is at 6 p.m. So let's revisit that uh, 59-52 App State win on the road. Well, let's talk about going into that game. Remember, we were off the heels of an overtime win to open some yeah. of the conference play at South Alabama. And yeah. then they go on the road again to Boone and have another comeback win. 
and pretty convincing fashion. I think you did the little bit of the math there. It was the latter half of the third quarter and all the fourth quarter. We went from, what was it, down 10? Down 10 to winning by seven. To winning by seven. So it was a hell of a way. Hell and we of a were actually, actually up a little bit more than that. They hit a three at the end of the game. Then we you know, scored at the very end. But, I mean, we were up, I think, at, you said by 11 at one point. I think it was 11 I saw. Could have been yeah. more. I was just trying to follow the, the scoring timeline. Anyway, huge, huge run that we made there to come storming back. Yeah. Uh, nine and four after this game, you know, so I think I'm starting to think that we got something going here. You know, yeah. we had talked about it before and, and some of the questions we were wondering about, but it feels like, uh, they're hitting a little bit of a groove. They're finding ways to win. They're learning that they can win tight games on the road. They can win games on the road when they're down big. You know, it's just that never quit mentality, that keep fighting and chopping wood mentality, and and you just go until the final buzzer goes off, and then you see where you're at. Uh, but in this one, uh, Mahogany Matthews, great game, double-double, 14 points, 15 rebounds. Rochelle Scott continues that double-digit scoring streak, 18 points. Um, Abby Beeman chips in with seven. Uh, in this game, again, shooting right around 40% from the field, just under what I would consider the average for the three-point line, just under 28%. They seem to be hovering right around 30 uh, So it's still even a little bit of an off night from distance for the for the herd and still managed one hell of a run to close this one out. Um, what can you say about Tony Kemper and this crew? They, they've got it going on and um, big game tonight, big game tonight. Um, I wish we would be able to wrap that up, you know, but it hasn't been played yet, but uh, I'm telling you, uh, James Madison's 12 and two. They're coming into the cam to, to, face the herd, and, and this is not going to be easy. But this, again, is what I'm going to consider a measuring stick game, right? You're going to get a win against James Madison. You've got to feel pretty good about what you got going on right now. Yeah, a little bit more of this. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the the game cast and on ESPN right now, and you know how they have that win probability. Uh, yeah. They have the uh, – so you can go from the game flow, which gives you the points – and everything so you can see the runs the win probability with 25 seconds to go in the third quarter marshall was down 40 to 35 at that point it was 75 percent win probability for app state and then we just crushed it from there on yeah and you know um one thing that I want to say from watching is uh, Rochelle Scott is very good at scoring, but she has some ridiculous handles to be able to create those shots. Uh, she is a shot creator. She doesn't have to be a setup shooter. Um, really good uh, all around, as we've talked about with uh, her and Abby Beeman with the assists, the rebounds, the the steals. Uh, we've got two really good uh, guards there in the backcourt, but we've got a solid team top to bottom, you know, um, just really, really good. Uh, another thing that we saw, you, uh, tweeted it out. Peyton Elderton got, uh, put on scholarship. Great video. If Dude, you those seen those that, videos never get old. You know, like the awesome, the, the surprising you're on scholarship videos. We see those yeah. so often with other schools and it's so cool when it's your school. And we'd like to point out Peyton Elderton, Logan County. West Virginia mm -hmm. girl doing doing uh, 
big things with the herd. Uh, you know, things like uh, coming to work every day or coaches said she comes to work every day prepared and just ready to compete, you know, and um, that's what you want. You want a competitor. You you want a competitor. So it's really, really great to see her get rewarded and be put on scholarship. Um, just congratulations. That's that's just such a cool moment. I never get tired of watching those those videos. It's it's such a wholesome uh, thing to watch. I love those. And you mentioned Matthews, uh, but just to revisit that, 14 points, 15 rebounds, four of those offensive, three blocks, only one turnover, uh, six for nine from the field. Uh, one of those that she missed uh, was a three-pointer. So mm -hmm. inside the three, six for eight, I mean, just she was a force in 31 minutes, uh, had some good uh, play off the bench. And again, just the tenacity to be at an away venue and be down by 10 midway through the third quarter and to have a 75% chance of losing with 25 <laughs> seconds to go going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they basically said, nah, nah, yeah. we got this. Not today. Yeah. Yeah. That All was, right. That was good. Let's keep, uh, keep it at the round ball. It is that time of the year. Let's talk about men's basketball. Unfortunately, in that uh, game that everyone was looking forward to. They lost at home on uh, New Year's Eve to James Madison, 72-66. to 66. We'll talk about that again here in a minute. Uh, they are playing at Georgia Southern tonight at 7 p.m. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Like with the women, this uh, probably won't be posted until after that game has wrapped up. They are playing Saturday at home versus Coastal at 3.30. Now, if you may recall what I said against the women uh, when we were talking about that is we will have more to talk about later. Well, they're playing Saturday at 1 p.m. at home, and then the men play at 3.30 at home. So, doubleheader, very good games to go to. Go to both. Yep. Don't play just it. go to the men's game. Go, go a little early. Go have lunch. Go watch the game. Go watch the other game. Then yep. go to dinner. Just make it a good... Herd basketball doubleheader. And finally, the big game against Southern Miss. Uh, it will be at home next Thursday. It has been moved to 9 p.m., and that is because the game has been elevated to ESPN2 because Southern Miss is really good. Marshall's really good. That's a big game that uh, the Sunbelt Conference and ESPN has decided, hey, let's put some shine on these two programs. So, yeah, it did get moved, and it's a later game to go to, but for a very good reason. Yeah, this will be a this will be an excellent opportunity to showcase Marshall as a brand. These are the type of things that you need when it comes around to selection time, and Marshall has a pretty impressive record, And but people are like, well, I haven't seen them play. You know, this is an opportunity to get them against a marquee opponent on a major network. Uh, so this, this only helps, and, of course, you get to showcase – the Cam Henderson Center, you get to showcase that Marshall uh, fan base. You get the opportunity to pack the house out and create an environment that looks really good on television. And if there's not a there, there should be no seats left for that one. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Of course, we'll have tickets to give away as we do with all of the uh, home games at the Cam on both men's and women's. But let's scoot back to this game against James Madison. Mm -hmm. um, big, big game. I call that one too a measuring stick game. 
And um, yes, Marshall dropped that one, 72-66. The herd takes the loss at home, drops them 12 and 3 on the season at that point. Um, six point loss. You look at that and you're like, okay, that's not that bad. And it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Yeah. You could you really don't have to learn look any farther than two categories to see where this one got away from the herd. Foul shots and three-point shooting. That's it. Yeah. They were uncharacteristically cold from both of those in both of those categories, or this one swings the other way. Marshall was 10 of 21 from the line and only four of 17 from behind the arc. If if it's an average night, really, for the herd, or slightly above average for the herd then they probably win this game. But unfortunately, it was the wrong time to go cold in both of those categories. If they just go cold in one of those categories, maybe Marshall wins this game too. But still, uh, quality it's a quality loss. That will, that will go down as a quality loss. I hate that term. I hate it. But I'm not an industry professional. That is, that's the terminology they, they use. I mean, there is no such thing as a quality loss to me. It's just a loss. But in that one, uh, again, you know, the scoring was fairly evenly distributed. Um, Kenzie leads the way with 18. Andy Taylor and Obana both have 16. Kerfman had kind of the off night. Five points, just one of eight uh, on field goals and one of five behind the arc. So uh, it was bound to happen. Uh, Han Logden had six points, another game double digits in the boards with 10. It was bound to happen. We, we, we go cold from the floor. Uh, but shoot or shoot, and that's how they stay hot, and they shoot their way out of a funk. That's what you do when you're a shooter. You you alluded to that in the last episode. You know, mm-hmm. um, you start off slow, and then you hit a bunch. Then all of a sudden, you're wow, that percentage is pretty good. Well, shooters got to shoot, and unfortunately, they just weren't falling. So, what does the herd do now to rebound, Russ? Well, they shoot. Uh... The only way that you shoot yourself, I mean, the only way you get out of a shooting slump is to shoot. That's you right. Know? And uh, they have to have that confidence to go back there. And I, I can tell by the stats over the years and by watching Kerfman, uh, this is nothing that his confidence going one for eight from behind the arc. He's done that before. He'll do it again. He'll also have some uh, games where he's seven of 10 or something like that from behind mm-hmm. the arc. Why? Because he has a good shot. He doesn't have to have much room, doesn't have to have much time. And again, we're talking about one player here, but you know, that was one thing. If he hits two of those threes uh, that he missed, it's a drastically different game. Uh, and a chili killing and others uh, missed some key foul shots that if they hit those again, it's a, a different game. It's a team loss. We're not putting sure. it on any, any individuals. We're just bringing up, things that fit those stats that, that you just mentioned. We went on a absolutely huge run. We started off great, and then they just went on a run when we were cold. Uh, we had several minutes of not scoring. I think we were down 46 to 33 right before the half. That wasn't the halftime score, but uh, it was close to that. And then we ended up going up, I think, 49 to 48 and then back and forth a little bit. But we came back and just, I mean, fast break here, uh, dunk here, turnovers that we turned into points. Kerfman hit a big three during that stretch. Um, We showed that we can do that. We just have to piece it together and do it a little bit better because 
I'm not taking anything away. We had an off night against an extremely good JMU team. Yep. That is going to possibly be the uh, team to beat in the East. We think that we might be the team to beat. We think that JMU might be the team to beat. We think ODU might be the team to beat. There are several very good teams in the East. Um, and JMU is definitely one of them. They uh, they were a very physical team. They played uh, very good defense, especially in the post. But they were all over uh, for your passing lanes. And, you know, you thought you had an open shot when you're swinging it around. They were right there. So they played very good defense. And that is something that can cause you to have an off shooting night. Yep. It, now I'll also did. guarantee that we're going to be in the gym shooting a lot of free throws. Cause that's been a problem that we brought up several different times on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a problem that I have a feeling we're going to put a little extra work into. Yeah. We've got an excellent opportunity coming up against this Georgia Southern team because they are undefeated in the Sunbelt conference play. Uh, they're a nine and six ball club overall, but they're two and zero in the Sun Belt Conference. One of four teams that are still undefeated in conference play. So you get this one, you bounce back, uh, and you put yourself right back in that top quarter of teams. And you know, if if Southern Miss takes a loss, James Madison takes a loss, and all of a sudden there's nobody left undefeated all these teams are going to be in action this evening so there's a lot more that will be settled tonight uh, as far as the standings go uh, but this is one you kind of got to get you don't want to drop too straight in some belt conference play let's just bounce back get this one and uh you know and then we'll we'll regroup and and take it game by game i, I like to think that we're taking it game by game anyway but we, we don't want to go streaking in the wrong direction and that's that's tough to say when you're talking about a team that's already what twelve wins. <laughs> it's got twelve wins on the season, um, but still, we we are onto something good. We need to keep that momentum going in the right direction. A couple other key points from that game. You know, I talk about plus minus a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, Charlie Hagley always posts that uh, um, stat sheet. You know, after the game, he does the halftime and then the the post game, and I found it weird, uh, unique, I guess I would say, and nothing really indicative of everyone's play. But we had exactly one in a six point loss, exactly one player that had a positive plus minus, and that was uh, hand locked in at three. Uh, it just the nature of it, like the changing in and out of, of the rotation and everything, you would think that there would be some to the plus, some to the minus and only a six point loss, but we had one. And mm-hmm. the only other player that was not in negative, we had several that were only negative one, but uh, David early was at zero in six minutes. He came in, he hit a big three. Um, and it, it was just weird to me to see. Uh, other thing that I want to mention uh, there player uh Votto I can't think of his last name right now was uh out he was their uh leading scorer their uh, best player he was out of the game and then uh we also know that Wyatt Fricks from that uh game on the 29th uh he had a hand or an arm injury or something but he is out for the foreseeable future so that kind of changes our rotation and everything so maybe a possible Another reason that we had a little bit of an off night is, you know, it's our first game with 
more people playing different minutes and different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something we we knew was going to happen. You know, sure. you're, you're just incredibly lucky if you are able to sustain a whole season without having to, you know, change things on the fly because of the unavailability of certain players. Uh, yep. But you mentioned, uh, excuse me, Mr. Hagley, uh, he tweeted out a, a stat today that um, I wanted to just get out there as a bullet point to our listeners. Is uh, he, he tweeted – a couple hours ago that uh, Marshall men's basketball is the only D1 team in the country with two players in the top 50 in total assists, not assists per game, but total assists. Tavion Kenzie's number 16 in the country with 84 total assists and Andy Taylor's number 49 with 71 total assists. So on an individual effort, we talk about it all the time. These guys are not only scoring, but they're dis- distributing the ball and to have two guys, you know, ranked near the top uh, in the country and, in, in Scoring and assist just shows, you know, something's going right in Huntington. So let's not just throw the towel in over one tough loss on an off-night shooting. Um, we still got something special going on here. Uh, we just need to, you know, stay the course and uh, continue to play what is turning out to be really good herd basketball this season. Yeah. Well, that does it for Around the Herd. Well, cool. Um, I've got one little – final thought that's kind of not really relevant to herd sports, but I want to talk about it because this was really cool uh, to me. And then I'll let you get some final words. So, you know, that I've been, I mean, our listeners probably don't know, but you know uh, that I've had to be on the search for a, a vehicle purchase, you know, mm-hmm. had a, little, a little bad luck and had to find a new vehicle. I was being frustrated with that search and the experiences with these dealers down here in Tampa and the Tampa area. I mean, I wasn't just searching there. It was like a hundred mile radius, right? So that's a lot of car dealers. Let me tell you, that's a lot. And I was just getting frustrated, you know, and it was the end of the year. And I thought, man, this is supposed to be the time where everybody's like, let's make it happen. You know, let's, Mm -hmm. let's do, I wasn't being egregious. I wasn't trying to get something for nothing, nothing. I just wanted somebody to communicate with me and nobody really would. And, uh, I had a fellow reach out who's a listener of the show, um, and, um, said, Hey, I, I, I'm like, do this. If I can help. I did. I didn't ask him if I could talk about him, so I'm not going to use his name, but if he's listening, he'll know who he is. Um, and he said, Hey, if I can help, I'd like to. And he, you know, kind of hooked me up with, um, a, a dealer who he has a relationship with and, um, literally within minutes, it was make a phone call, make another phone call. Guy makes a phone call to me and we find something that works. And I ended up getting a vehicle that I was inquiring about, oddly enough, that I could get no response on. And to to have someone uh, who I've met him and we've talked and um, to have someone reach out and go, hey, let me help you out. That was really cool to me. Because usually, <clears throat> this is what I told him, usually I'm the guy who's trying to help other people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it, having somebody help me out in that way is a little foreign to me. You know, I don't really know how to react other than with graciousness and thanks because, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, obviously. But it was really cool. It took all of the the frustration away in that whole process. And within, you know... A process that was taking me a week to get any headway at all was completed literally in five minutes. And um, I just wanted to say thanks on the air for that. I know you're listening or will listen at some point. And um, uh, you may you, you did me a huge solid. So 
thank you for that. And um, we look forward to seeing you in the fall, right? Uh, he mentioned to me that he, they made a couple of trips to Huntington to watch some games. They wanted to find the tailgate and, you know, just, you know how hectic it is. Hell, you know how hectic it gets on game day. You, there's a lot of stuff you want to do and you just run out of time and you can't do it. So we are looking forward to seeing him and the family in the fall at uh, a herd game. And um, I just wanted to take a minute there and express my thanks and give him a little recognition for helping me out. I really, really, really am thankful for that. So with that, you got final words? Let's have them. No final words. I'm just going to take us out of here. Do it. Whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the Cam, hopefully for a double header here uh, coming up uh, pretty soon. Or whether you see us in the end zone after next year uh, getting maced <laughs> because KD said that we're going to party like it's 1999 right. with our football team. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>